Welcome to the Live Music NorCal podcast, Season 2, Episode 6, with the amazing Jonathan Foster. He's an award-winning songwriter, a recording artist, and a touring musician originally from Cranberry Lake, New York, and now lives here in Redding, California. Over the past 10 years, he's released five independent studio albums, including his latest, Lantern Shade, last year. He has performed over 10 U.S. tours spanning the country several times. His sound can be referenced as folk Americana, American Roots. He's a strong vocal presence, and he's supported by imaginative lyrics, his acoustic guitar and harmonica, and and engaging songs that make you feel at home. We sat down in the studio with pizza and some beer from the Aetna Brewing Company and chatted like old pals about music and traveling the country. Enjoy. It's pretty good beer, by the way. (laughs) That's a great way to start off the podcast. This is a pretty good beer, by the way. So I'm sitting with Jonathan Foster. And yes, we're having pizza and beer, because that's the vibe of this podcast. We're going to eat some pizza, drink some beer, we're going to talk about music, it's a casual conversation. Welcome to the Live Music NorCal studio. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's so great to finally meet you. I'll start off really quick and first, because it's something I mentioned a moment ago, but a thing I've said to people in the past, when they've been on this podcast, when I look at their calendar... And I see them going all the way up into Oregon and all the way down to Sacramento, over to the coast. And I say, wow, you're, you've been everywhere, man. You're like Johnny Cash in that song. I take it all back. None of you have a clue about playing everywhere as it comes in relation to Jonathan Foster. Let me share a little bit of his calendar with you right now. So this podcast is going to come out on Saturday the 11th. So if you're listening to this, he'll be at Bersini Vineyards in Cottonwood tonight. The next day, he's going to be at Pops uh, Performing Arts in Dunsmuir. And then he'll be off to Oregon. And as we go through June, he's going to pass through Idaho, Montana, Colorado, Arizona. July brings him through New Mexico, Texas, Arkansas, Virginia. August will find Jonathan Foster in New Jersey, in Vermont, before he starts working his way back through the Midwest, Ohio, back across Montana, Idaho, Washington, down through Portland, and end up back in Reading in September. So if you don't catch in this weekend, you've got a couple months until the man comes back home. (laughs) And I'll have some shows on the calendar then, for sure. Yeah. So you truly, sir, play everywhere. And these are booked gigs. This isn't some hypothetical, I'm going to drive this way and stop and play at rest stops. This is, these are booked gigs at places. Correct. And not the first time you've gone back and forth across the country. No, this is the 10th year doing cross-country touring. Yeah, so so, talk about why you, why this cross-country trek works so well for you. Yeah, so celebrate, yeah, it's a little bit of a milestone celebrating the 10th year of craziness of why do we still do this but it's it's a whole lot of fun playing shows all over the place and um so kind of the, the onus um the precipi- precipitous is that a real word uh word score of the day is i grew up in the northeast and so my folks are still up in in northern new york cranberry lake new york and um 
So I got, you know, I do my, I'd like to have a visit with them the first weekend in August every year is kind of our tradition. We meet up with friends and family there. And um, so after years of flying home and you get your week off for work or, or whatever, um, and I was playing a lot more shows regionally, and I'd play shows back there too in the summer. And um, I just uh, kind of finally was given an opportunity to take more time off and focus on booking myself and say, you know, I want to do the drive again. I'd, I'd done it twice before. I really enjoy it. There's a kind of a muse of songwriting associated with it. And with the advent of the shifting to online, you know, social media and streaming, and um, it was about 2011 or 12, gave a lot more opportunities on how you can communicate with venues and other musicians outside of your area. Right. And I took full advantage of that through, uh, like, you know, it was MySpace into Reverb Nation, <laughs> and um, and boom, there's a, about a, a 12 date cross-country tour to go visit my family, make my way back, pay for all the gas, and oh, um, promote you know some of my early recordings that way. And every year, pretty much, has, has grown from that. And um, so I, I just keep on doing it, and more opportunities come about. And this one's, yeah, I mean, I think I have 110 dates on the calendar. Oh, yeah. No, it's and- <laughs> scrolling through your calendar is, is, a, is an impressive list. Um, so your, your music style... I think Americana is a word that probably goes in there. There's a some kind of a country alt thing, maybe a little bit. How would you describe your music? Am I on the right track? Yeah, everybody kind of has their own interpretation of music. When Typically once a night, like last night included, um, what kind of music do you play? And my smart Alec uh, return is good music. And <laughs> so I'm a songwriter. Live music is good music. Yes. <laughs> You're going to hear me pour out my soul in a bunch of songs you've probably never heard before. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, it, you know, I'm a songwriter, so probably the catch-all genre, and a lot of folks, you know, it, this genre is all over the place, is singer-songwriter, which mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, do anybody anything. So then, you know, is it folk? Is it Americana? Is it country? Is it alt something? Um, I don't know. So I, I always kind of have gravitated towards that Americana genre because I think it's more of a catch-all for what I do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're going to hear elements of rock and roll, folk music, country, um, even alternative rock. And some of, because of my influence, influences the time that I grew up in the United States and things like that. You have a lot of original music to draw from. I, I know of at least four full albums that you've released. Um, and they're full albums. And so you have a lot of your own stuff. But when you do covers, uh, I've seen things ranging from Pink Floyd, uh, Blind Melon. Mm -hmm. um, Did I see Pearl Jam? Sure. Yeah, so truly, (laughs) you you can go a lot of places depending on the vibe or the mood. Yeah, and just like you you brought up Motley Crue to John Denver, I can probably say I've performed both of those acts, too. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan Foster plays Motley Crue. That that is a show I would be first in line for. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Well, so let's talk a little bit about... So I found four full albums. Does that sound correct to you? With 2015's Help Me Run, was that the first one? 
actually uh, my first studio album was 2013 it's called sabbatical and okay. so i have five studio albums and then there's a full length uh, live album too so i gave you a stack there and you can oh i know dust those thank off. you so but, much uh, yeah but yeah help me run is 2015 that was um that was uh, a pretty big release for me mm-hmm. and um and i did my biggest tour to you know to date then for that for that album and that was a 40 date tour and i was like you know um really really excited now i look back and like man i wish i was just doing 40 date tours that would be manageable <laughs> now i've got 100 days on my calendar and were all of these albums recorded here locally yes except for the live album um the five my five studio albums have all been done at after hours recorders here in redding california with uh, mr bruce turgan at the helm doing the um, the recording, engineering, mixing, and mastering, and um, we've been longtime f- uh, friends, and he's a fantastic guy to work with, and he comes from a wonderful music background himself, oh, yeah. from Warner Brothers days, and, and several big bands, and some gold and platinum records on his wall from his days with Foreigner, yeah. Foreigner and his, his solo stuff, and um, everything from Kiss to HBO, After Dark Boxing, to uh, PBS, it's really cool to um, be able to tap into his wealth of experience. How cool that that's right here in Reading. Yeah. And he grew up in New York State too, so we have a little bond. Oh, nice. (laughs) That part I did not know about him. So he's come up a number of times in the podcast, and I know my audience is limited, but Bruce, I'm going to hit you up. You've got to come talk to us because everybody's talking about you. You need an opportunity to respond for sure, (laughs) but it's all good. Um, Okay. So Moving forward through the albums, 2017, Green-Eyed Bird, 2019, Wildlife, 2021, Lantern Shade. And I haven't listened to all the songs on all these albums, and I have read some of your reviews, and it seems as though Lantern Shade, your most recent one, had some really positive feedback, and that it really went into places that... Um, deal with some of what our, our world really has been dealing with in the last couple of years. Does that sound like an accurate description? Indeed, yeah. It's kind of a combination project. I wouldn't call it a um, a themed, you know, or a, you know, or some people will call a project that's done all in one snapshot, like a concept album. Mm-hmm. I don't refer to it as that, but basically it all did come together that summer of 2020 when we had the collision of of worlds with our pandemic shutdown and a election year and civil unrest and you know um, first time I ever sat at home for a whole summer in Reading I've lived here for um, many many years and so it gave um, you know a lot of people pause and you know reflect reflection time and I took advantage of that to spend a lot of time outdoors right um, I did take in too much of the news cycle, probably, but I tried to think, think about it from. <laughs> right? yeah. um, but I, what is amazing is I, I do feel like I came out with my most um, important and creative endeavor project, and um, it came together very fast that summer. Um, I think one song I had uh, written leading up to that, uh, co write um, with some friends. Uh, where we belong the last track and then I, I did a traditional tune on there called shady grove it's pretty familiar otherwise those eight other tunes all came out of like basically june to august which is that's wow. never happened but i've also never had that time mm-hmm. during the summer usually a lot of the writing i do is uh you know draft writing scribbling during the summers and then come back and in, into the studio Let's or see what that shapes up to into the fall and winter time yeah and so uh, it was 
almost a reward to be kind of given a little break or a reminder of what's important and what's not and reflect and see how I can just put it from my perspective, you know, sure. um, it's, you know, what are we doing? What am I, how am I fitting into this? I didn't know if I was ever going to actually tour again right. at that point. Right. I was kind of at the crossroads with what I was doing in my music career. And, um, out of nowhere, I had this group of songs, a booking manager contacted me that August in 2020. And this is while the first time I've ever had shows canceled. First time I ever had to cancel a show right. myself, I think right. that I can, far as I can remember. And I, I really was, I thought maybe I was going to switch for my creative endeavors and paint. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really did. I was gardening, I was painting, I was fishing and camping. And, um, it was just a strange shift for a lot of folks. And, yeah. um, so, uh, luckily and whatever, some stars aligned and, and, um, there was, yeah, there was some really nice things, uh, said about this album and I had some, um, it, it's definitely probably the first work that has supported things. You know, I always say it's great if you can have a song working for you while you're driving the van or playing a show. Absolutely. And, and that started happening a little more than That's it ever great. had. So it felt really good. Yeah, that does feel good. <clears throat> um, you mentioned uh, camping, fishing, and whatnot. I do get the sense from social media and maybe some of your videos, YouTube videos or whatnot, that outdoors is a important aspect to either who you are or your life. And not knowing your full catalog of songs uh, intensely at this point, is that kind of life uh, an inspiration for a lot of your music, outdoors and nature? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think I mentioned it before, like traveling is definitely a muse, but with that is um, the natural world's kind of um, my, I don't know, <laughs> my Shangri-La, if you yeah. will. Um, so my, my other world, um, I'm a I'm a biologist. I'm a, a wildlife and wetland ecologist. Okay. And so I've balanced these careers, and for the last 10 years I've been out on my own so that I can do all this musical journey but at the same time I still do consulting work in that world and um, that all started for my love of the outdoors so hiking um, the high peaks in, in northern New York State to growing up fishing as a kid um, camping and hiking you know yeah forever but uh, and especially where we live we're surrounded by national forest here you know it's it's you know it's it's a hop skip and a jump to it everything is. to get in the water take a bike ride go yeah. to the coast to the big mountains we have national parks we've got whiskey town we've got the river oh and, yeah uh, we've kind of got two circles around reading you've got the one hour circle which puts you <laughs> to mount shasta or out by hat creek or out you know weaverville that direction we've got the three hour circle where you leave the state north you leave the state east you're at the ocean west or you're in you know, maybe the Bay Area or sacred large city opportunities within three hours. So we live in these two really unique circles that I don't think it probably exists somewhere else, but it's pretty unique, I think, to hear mm -hmm. given the natural resources that we live yeah. in the middle of. That's a good way to kind of frame it, too. But um, yeah, it's a huge inspiration. That's what has basically brought me here and it, it yeah. keeps me kind of energized and I like getting out and about and, and sharing those experiences, whether it's through the music or photos or videos online that you may have, may have seen, you know. Um, yeah. No, I see pictures of you, you know, canoeing and, and this and that. Um, so I get the sense that you kind of like that adventure, some part of being outdoors and exploring 
and probably seeing things for the first time or new things. Is that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it re-energizes the senses too. You know, um, kind of re- refocuses what you're. If you're if you're in a, if you're dragging a little bit, get outdoors, and you'll probably be able to regroup your your energy in the right way of spending some time out in out in nature. I'm trying to find, and I'm looking through your albums here. Which album has? There was a song I listened to before you got here. Mountain Echoes. Mountain Echoes is a brand new song. That's yeah. a brand new song. It just came out okay. in April, so it's a standalone single. Right okay, now. very good. Yeah. So that song, uh, to me, had a little bit of. It brought to mind maybe John Denver mm-hmm. with the draw to Rocky Mountains and stuff like that. And there's just a little bit of a, I can feel a similar vibe there with his, he had that connection to nature and stuff, or at least he was known for it. And I believe he truly did. Um, but I, I drew some parallels with that there too. And as I was trying to think about your music and who, you know, we asked earlier about what what's your genre, what kind of music do you play and stuff. And... You know, you, you you sprinkle some John Denver in there, and you sprinkle in some, I don't know, maybe Johnny Cash, um, some of the things that you like to cover, and, you know, mix in, I don't know, Grizzly Adams and uh, <laughs> Hagrid from uh, Harry Potter, and you come out with Jonathan Foster, who's I appreciate that. just such a, a cool, uh, just good-natured, friendly guy that you want to sit around the campfire with oh thank you right yeah, we, should, I, we should do that for the next podcast oh, <laughs> uh, you know a campfire <laughs> podcast with you would be special and that is a great idea so next season returning to the podcast jonathan foster and it'll be around a campfire all right and i'll hold you to it yeah that'll be awesome <laughs> okay so let's talk a little bit about and I, I ask, I think everybody on the podcast this, but it's such good stuff to talk about, is when did music really start to have some major influence in your life? At what point or where were you uh, age-wise or whatever when music really became a thing for you? Yeah, um, and I can honestly say this has been for as long as I can remember, and I credit my parents' record collection and their love for music um, when they were... Um, teens and in their 20s when they um, had me and so I, I assume I'm one of those kids that um, recognize music in the womb mm-hmm. with my 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 parents would I don't think they had a TV till I was maybe four years old so there was Beatles records on Rolling Stones who Bob Dylan Joni Mitchell Neil Young um, oh, wow. their record collections fun to go paw through yeah. and, and then of course I did paw through it as, sure. as soon as I I could and um, they even um, I think my grandparents gave me a Fisher Price record player when I was a kid <laughs> and so I had the Sesame Street records and I would start stealing my parents records and you find um, out they play on that Fisher Price player as well <laughs> right? right yeah <laughs> and so um, it's always been my favorite media I would say or you know escape uh-huh. um, and um, always prioritized um, whether it was having the radio on or having your your tape deck collection in the car yeah. or your you know um, you know it, it was always there um, from the fan standpoint 
Um, from a performance standpoint, that didn't come as naturally or as fast, but I, you know, like in middle school, I played the trumpet and sang in chorus. Um, we were in uh, musicals. I, I had a solo in the high school musical on top of playing sports, things like that. But um, a friend of mine, Ted Smith, gave me a hand-me-down thrift store classical guitar when I was about 15 and he said he couldn't figure it out if I wanted to figure it oh, out gosh. and I wanted to figure that yeah. out and I was a big rock and roll guy in my teens and into grunge and more hard hard rock than what you'd probably ever know from listening to my songs but I always really loved when those guys would scale it down for either a ballad or the unplugged or the acoustic right. or the you know the special show or the breakdown at the big concert that just that's what went into my soul and so by the time I was about, you know, somewhere in the 18 to 22 year old range, we had our classic rock band in college that would help pay our bills. And, but I was writing at the time and I do open mics and, and you just work on one song at a time when I was supposed to be studying things like that. And, um, and that was also part of the transition of, you know, kind of moving into alt country, folk rock and um, bluegrass, and more acoustic singer songwriters. And would, yeah, you know, like every month I would geek out on a, a new, a new like, famous artist, whether it was Bob Dylan or Tom Petty or Bruce Springsteen, but focus on their, you know, more of their songwriting and acoustic and root styles yeah. of American music type of thing. If you could go back and give your younger self any advice, knowing what you know now, <laughs> what would you have to tell your younger self who's figuring out the thrift store uh, classical guitar? Yeah, if I was seventh or eighth grade, I learned to read music and on piano and I lost that and that um, either not caring enough or not having a piano around enough or just not prioritizing it that was a big loss that could have you know gone a different direction and then maybe prioritizing taking guitar lessons early um, might have done some things but at the same time there's a lot of value that I put in my own songwriting and art that I feel is authentic because it really does come all from self training yeah, <laughs> and yeah. falling on my even face. more so yeah and um you know just like we were talking about singing in the shower uh, earlier <laughs> it's like singing and playing the guitar when you know i was 18 was nearly impossible and you know I'd, i you know get the muster to go to an open mic with those three songs and just yeah. keep keep going and keep doing it and then something just starts clicking after a while or when you do start really putting in the time in. and where mm -hmm. do you put it on your priority list you know every day like anything mm -hmm. yeah absolutely what do you enjoy most about what you're doing right now is it being home and playing the local shows, is it getting on the road, meeting people, playing shows? There's probably telling stories and sharing stories around the country, I imagine, and staying in different places. What kind of is your place where you, you get the most enjoyment from? Yeah, you know, I, I was going to make a joke like, oh, it's cashing the checks and, you know, seeing me on the uh, e-nightly <laughs> e news. But, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it really... It's not to be generic, but it really is that diversity uh -huh. that I, I don't like eating the same thing every week or going to the side. I do like that diversity of um, not just having, like, I call it like, you know, full scale musician has to stand on multiple legs. So you have the recording process, you might have the video making mm -hmm. process, you have the performance and you have the songwriting and you have and the traveling. It's when it all starts clicking and all comes together, 
you, and you're not just ground, grinding on one thing. There's there's a lot more joy in that for me, especially when I can um, combine it with just the love of the outdoors, geography changes, things mm-hmm. like that. There is something about being at home, be able to cook and sleep in your own bed, and just like, <laughs> sure. oh, it's going to take me 15 minutes to get to this venue, and I'm going to be received well and make you know just as much, if not more, money and friends, and see the people I love than I would have in to, Arkansas. Like, yeah, yeah or, oh, I don't have a six-hour drive ahead of me, and you know maybe there's three people that show up and unknown yeah. uh, <laughs> to that, right? So, but what's great is I used to really grind on some of the, you know, you might have an off day or, you know, something might not go your way mm-hmm. a couple of times. And now it's just like, well, we're going to do it that's again tomorrow. It. Yeah. yeah. And that's it's, just part and of it's it. going to be good tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and it, Did your, you know, getting to where you're at now with the, the type of music you're playing, where you're at with your influences, did, did that feel like a deliberate place that you've landed on? Or did it feel kind of like a meandering, well, I was here, I kind of, then this happened, and, and I find myself here after a windy path? Or was there any vision that shaped where you're at today? That's a great question. Um, I would say I did not envision what I'm doing right now, necessarily. Um, I really just, at, at my goalpost was just to be able to be a working musician. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm a working musician finally okay (laughs) um and each year just gets a little bit better like there's just more opportunities um i i just i always have to remind myself just like so many people that want to do what i'm doing you've really got to smile and enjoy it and i and i think i do for the most part you know there's there's like i said once in a while there's bad days here and there but um no, I didn't. I didn't ever think I would get to what I'm doing right now. Um, I was a hobbyist for so long, and then um, I really wanted to just focus on the songwriting and recording mm-hmm. aspect because I've always seen, I've always perceived myself as an as music being my art as, mm-hmm. a, as an artist. Whether it's a songwriting art or recording artist, um, I the entertainment side of the music was what I was and still terrifies me mm-hmm. today. I don't consider myself like a somebody that's going to, oh, he's going to entertain us. But what I'm finding is there's subtle subtleties to those, you know, differences of what entertainment is to the audience. To different people. And I feel like I've gotten a lot better at that. So whether it's through storytelling or, mm-hmm. you know, manipulating a set to fit the venue or the locale, things like that. And so I'm starting to, think, embrace more of the entertainment side of the business, which is always scared me yeah frankly and um so there's that that marriage when you know like oh i'm the emotional folky singer songwriter in the corner you know, yeah. spilling out his heart but at the same time we're all in the same room and the same night for a reason Let's yeah have a good time. well i think uh and talking with other guests i've had on the podcast too especially those who uh are artistic in that they like to write or you know delve into maybe themselves or express things and get a lot of personal satisfaction in what it is they're writing or producing. But then when they take that out into a venue and share some of it, and there's somewhere in that audience a connection is made because something they've experienced and are now expressing, somebody else has probably experienced too. Because in a human nature sense, there's a lot of commonalities to our, our woes and our joys. And when you make those connections, there's a 
a thing you can just feel uh, in the air, an electrical, you know, connection between people. And that really must be satisfying as an artist who's created this piece of work to see in someone's face the acceptance, recognition, agreement in, in what you're saying. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you see that sometimes? Yeah, and that's what it's all about. There's that, you know, I'm... I'm spewing out, I have all this energy, you know, and I, I have to do something different, whether it's going to be this or something else. And so when you are able to give it away, there is something really satisfying that, and there is this high that you get from a good show or performing or, you know, the audience is, is feeling it and responding, things like that. So that's definitely my connection to, to the human race, yeah. to, to the community, um, to the communities that I visit. And um, I wasn't always good about that. I can be pretty... Um, nomadic um you know kind of a when i do outdoor work a lot of time i like to do it by myself i mm -hmm. like to kind of get lost on the grid a little bit yeah and so yeah. um music was the first thing that kind of got me out of my shell from a bit of an introvert or i was very shy growing up um, in public i would say and so um these songs are my connection to to for me to yeah. meet and see other places and people <laughs> and i get uh, some sense that you have a pretty good sense of humor about all this stuff. And, you know, scrolling through your social media, I came across a video. Uh -oh. uh, what day is it? What day is it? You posted this on May 7th. Well, it happened to be Happy World Naked Gardening Day. And here you are in a garden setting with your acoustic guitar. And all I can see in this video is sunglasses. So the impression is you're naked in your garden playing your guitar. And I think what uh, everybody needs to know is, were you naked when you played your guitar, or does it just look like you were? Did you, f did you fake us? Well, first I want to commend you on being the first media person to have the gumption to bring that one up. Because <laughs> that's been two years out there, as so I reshared it from last year. Um, oh, that was, was that? A, oh, goodness, okay. <laughs> but uh, we rehashed it this year because it got so much, so many laughs, and, um, you know, everybody's got to have a gimmick to get attention these days. Uh -huh. um, well, it definitely but, caught uh, my eye and gave me a chuckle, <laughs> for sure. For the for the listeners at home, we'll just let your, we'll let your imagination Okay, roam, so there's but... no answer. Okay, very good. The mystery. The, you got to keep a little bit of the mystery. But so, what I will say is World Naked Gardening Day is a thing and has been for a long time. Oh, yeah. And there's a dedicated crew uh, to that to that celebration as uh -huh. well as um, that culture all over the world, too. Right, is what, right. what brought it up. And so it's that, it's that reconnection to, you know, the outdoors. It's all, it's all a theme for me. <laughs> that is really cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about where people can find your music. I think is Bandcamp kind of the primary place to go to, to, to hear and purchase your music? Yeah, we point Bandcamp to everybody first because they're so supportive of independent music. So um, you can you can see everything, you can play and download the highest um, level of files. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Quality, right. the, yeah. the best music quality. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And um, so th they're really good about their uh, revenue sharing. And so, yeah, for, for everybody, we try to point them there first. Okay. Um, but 
what I do tell everybody, um, because of this day and age we're in and we're all comfortable with our, however we find our entertainment is, Mm -hmm. um, you can typically find my music wherever you listen. So, um, if that's the apples or the Amazons or the Spotify's or the YouTube, well, even the YouTube videos, and that's a great place to go experience some of the music because you get a little bit of a flavor for who you are. You know, there's the, the video aspect where we see you and I think you pick up a little bit more, uh, personality uh, through your face, I think, and watching those, <laughs> which is really enjoyable. Well, we were just talking about that you can find your music uh, primarily at Bandcamp, but just about anywhere that you find or listen to music, and YouTube, I recommended. But you're on social media, Facebook. Uh, is there an Instagram account, too? I think there is. Yeah, pretty yeah. active on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I still maintain... Twitter, there's still some usership there that I get asked for periodically, but I don't tweet okay. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you then, have uh, a website, which is a great looking website with good, um, good information, easy access to to all your things, your tour schedule, your music, to learn a little bit more about you, and that is jfmusic.net. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Or jonathanfostermusic.com. Either okay. they go to the same spot. Oh, very good. Okay. And so you've talked a little bit before about a song called The Mountain Echo, which is your newest song, mm-hmm. not really on an album yet, and kind of what your current, what's out there, what you're promoting, what you're playing uh, song. Yeah. Decided to put out a single all by itself, not associated with an album for the very first time ever. And there's a couple of reasons for that, but um, there's also some demand shifting that way. But I still believe in the album and the Mm -hmm. album concept. I like listening to albums. And and so the idea is I've been kind of focusing on singular songs, and then the hope would be to, you know, the next album will come out of that. But uh, for right now, because of how busy I've been with with shows, um, kind of, still want a new product to come out this spring and mm-hmm. so we did a we did a single song and uh, put a video together with it right and um i've been happy with it it's it's a folky song and um the idea is uh, from i went to this small i grew up in a small town and uh, there was five towns that kind of came together for our school i went to the same k-12 through school and the yearbook was called the mountain echo there, so there's the um, the backdrop of both the vision and um, kind of where it comes from. So it's a little bit of a nostalgic uh, kind of look into the past of you know um, what we were thinking about when we were kids and the yeah. uncertainties and how um, after 13 years in the same building you can't wait to get, <laughs> get out, out and out see it. the world a little yeah. bit. <laughs> well, awesome. So you brought your guitar, uh, yeah. you, you got a harmonica at the ready, and yeah. would you play us that? I would love to. Okay. Yeah. Shades fall, running the boundary mile While the subtle bite of winter It lines your eyes to the first hint of spring's warm summer skies old cadence shouts out to the mountain and we recited all the words to gymnasium songs 
dancing in the dark till it was time to go home. Cream colored halls, a cigarette hill. Never stepped inside again, I gave it all to you. Never ending time, fleeting like falling stars in the shadow of the mountain. Maybe greener fields they're out there to find When the hills can be the hardest mountains to climb Daydreams of leaving we would ride for hours While the longest days seem to go on River and what we search for may have always been there. Once had some faith, but in the end didn't care. Never ending time, fleeting life, falling stars in the shadow of the mountain echo. Maybe greener fields. They're out there to find When the hills can be the hardest mountains to climb Oh, hills can be the hardest mountains to climb flies by Hiawatha's ghost like a gentle fog rising above the fields below and the mountain we leave behind still be there when we're old oh, for the next ones to hold never ending time fleeting like falling stars in the shadow of the mountain echo It may be greener fields They're out there to find When the hills can be the hardest mountains to climb Oh, hills can be the hardest mountains to climb Yeah, hills can be the hardest mountains to climb Sometimes I, I come up with it in my sleep. Sometimes I, I drink too many of these Aetna Brewing Company Blackberry Blondes, and things just <laughs> things just come to you. Um, no, smart smart Alec aside, um, every song is a little bit different. I used to uh, start with all lyrics all the time for the most part, um, and then or. Um, Here's the here's the six chords I can play. Let's how many computations of <laughs> yeah, 
how many different combinations of those major chords can you do? And, um, but then over time you, you just evolve. And, um, and so now it's, it just, it's different. Um, some, so I have a, for the first time ever, I have a stable of melodies at my disposal and I can listen to those and sometimes write to them. And then each day, including today, I, I write lines or I scribble ideas, and um, sometimes whole songs come just from that. Um, but what I'm finding is um, I feel more scattered these days where I have to really sit down and focus on, on one or the other, or basically lock yourself with a guitar and either a piece of paper or a laptop, and I'm going to write a work on a song today yeah. type of situation. But um, I can do both. I can, I can do all, all of them. Um, there's a song on the new album that I wrote, hiking on a trail and singing it at my wife for example <laughs> it came from from joking around like that and it made the record um and then i seriously have written songs in my dreams where i'll wake up and write it all down so yeah sometimes um i can do it from all different angles sometimes yeah. it's the melody first sometimes it's the writing first um sometimes things just come to you very easily sometimes you have a concept and it's very very difficult to to bring your your idea to the finish line but um um you know that's kind of the the joy and the artistry of it is, is it shouldn't be easy and i think over time we get more and more picky you know mm -hmm. and uh, put things under different microscopes than i would have 10 yeah. years ago too and um but there is a great great feeling about finishing your song or feeling like it's to a point where you're going to perform it or try to record it or mm -hmm. and then the other side of of songwriting which is a big challenge and fun and cha um, and you know sometimes can you know you really figure out a lot more about yourself or your or your your friends is co-writing you know mm. too which I've been very lucky to do some co-writing and hope to do a little more this year um, on my on my journeys and that's another great thing about like what you're doing right here with technology is my buddy can be in New York um, or yeah. my friend Jen in, in Tallahassee is is uh, her studio called me this morning type of thing to talk about one of her projects and so there's just you know doing all the things or at least putting your toes into different things to find out much, you know much easier. and then challenging yourself and you it's amazing what you know can still come out you think you hit a wall or you're like oh this is only as good as it gets for me that's ah, challenge yourself a little yeah. bit there is something beautiful about the innocence of uh, early True. on mm -hmm. and then we create or we feel like there's more rules down the road where art shouldn't have any boundaries or rules and True. and music you know there's traditional classical and very studied and mathematical you know functions of music which are amazing mm -hmm. and then there's also me right <laughs> it's like three chords and some made-up yeah. lines yeah maybe it's just the ears of the receiver you know sometimes we like i i like all types of music and so mm -hmm. I, I have classical albums on my shelf and um I'll even I'll listen to the range from hip hop to to folk to hard rock to soft stuff and from all decades and so it might just but be what we're in the mood for or what we need or or maybe there's just good songs and songs that don't move us too I yeah, don't know yeah but um, yeah for me the, there definitely is a change where um, you can I think I can apply it to painting or anything of there's an innocence when you're just doing it for yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you know, 
like, oh, I'm going to have to, if, if you're serious about this song, you know you're going to have to play it like 300 times. You better really like it. You <laughs> <laughs> better make sure this is really it. And yeah. so it's, there is a part where it's like, okay, this song is going to be for other people now. You know, yeah. you kind of know that with the opportunities you're given. But at the same time, as a, you know, I still feel like when I write and put things together, it's really for me first, selfishly. Yeah. Because if I don't like it, or if I feel like I'm, saying something or doing something just because it's going to be commercially viable or I'm just doing it for to catch an audience's ear that doesn't feel right to me Mm -hmm. and um, I think there's a side of that that works uh, for the entertainment side but for me like I really want to own that song too otherwise I'd just play somebody else you know like that's what's great about the covers tried and true i mean these these songs sure, have made sure. the test of time they've had thousands and thousands yeah. of audience listens and the so, connectivity with the yeah. audience is already built in but i've never tried to write that song either right. that hit song right. um and not saying i won't but um i still kind of like look insular for like okay what's authentic what's not gonna quite have has, what hasn't been written what's yeah. really true to what you're gonna expect me to put out i guess right right there is a satisfying thing about yeah making connection or like I was in Coos Bay playing Coos Bay this spring tour for the very first time and some people knew a couple of those songs like that last song which I couldn't uh-huh. believe and um, and so that that went a long way of like ah, all the blood sweat and tears like you know it it can work on a small scale and, and there is something very rewarding about that. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, I just keep doing it, you know, because there is an audience, I think, out there for every type of music and, and genre. And, and even last night, you know, you, you make one connection at a time. And, you know, it's like there there is fans of, of wanting to hear new things, mm-hmm. you know, and not just, the, you know, what I think sometimes we, we hit the easy button and like, you know, we were very we were lucky with what came out from the 60s through through the 80s and so many hit makers and all the money that went into the industry oh, yeah. and so many amazing albums and songs and artists and bands and um and a lot of people i think have just shut off the independent world because they feel like they have enough they mm-hmm. they've got enough we've got enough country songs got enough rock songs and we can play the same playlist and so i'm always trying to weasel my my way and well man what if you like one of my tunes you know right right <laughs> You, anyone can get an opportunity, and, and I did. Um, mm-hmm. I had put performing down for about eight years um, uh, when I moved up here. And um, so, yeah, the diversity of venues willing to, whether it's having open mics mm-hmm. or jam nights, to having paid spots for bands and singer-songwriters and bringing in traveling acts, um, it's all here. And it's evolving, and you yeah. know, I think we were talking about it before. We've seen different waves coming through, uh-huh. but we seem like we have some embers going right. pretty hot. Right. Yeah, for, right now. Mm-hmm. And um, to hopefully keep fans more engaged and get more more people out and, and excited, and um, is is really important for the growth of, of any community. Yeah. Is having a strong art scene, and especially you know, I'm, of course, partial to music. But well, sure. <laughs> well, but it's part of a healthy community yeah. to have that. But. Yeah, 12 years now, I've had a lot of people give me a lot of opportunities when um, and my talent level of what I can do from a live performance has come a long way in those 12 years. So I've had a lot of people give me a lot, a lot of opportunities and a lot of others, too. And so, you know, it's all levels from, you know, you're part of the independent media um, to venues to other musicians. Um, and then, you know, the advent of social media is 
crazy and yeah, it's yeah. Uh, difficult to navigate sometimes but it all kind of like if you can find you know everybody has their own tastes and w- where they want to hang out and where they want to spend their money and that diversity is here yeah you know, for for that and i'm i'm, I'm thankful well, there's for lots that. of places here i think for that make people comfortable mm-hmm. um the venues are friendly the you know the musicians that are here are they're of a good quality first and foremost, which I think is really important. And not knowing all the music scenes around the country, how unique are we in the quality of music and opportunities we have in our little neck of the woods, I don't know comparatively. But I do know that what's out there, what we're hearing and seeing out and about is likely to be as good as anything you're going to find anywhere else. We really have a good music scene with some momentum behind it here and some good musicians and places that are are making that available and we're we're fortunate that way and how much can you really you know just encourage people to get out there and see go see something somewhere and see if you like it mm-hmm. find out yeah uh, indeed. yeah Absolutely. Well, Jonathan, I I so enjoyed having you here, and thanks for bringing your guitar. Thanks for the song. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks thanks for for having me. So when this podcast comes out, go see him tonight in Cottonwood, Bersini Vineyards. Free show, 5 p.m. Yeah. And the next day at Pops Performing Arts in Dunsmuir. 7.30. And then if you live here, you're waiting till September. (laughs) <laughs> right. But if, if you're hitting the road and going on some kind of road trip this summer, look at Jonathan's calendar and see if it matches up where you might be going, because there's a slight chance that could work out. <laughs> I think we've got 30 states, and yeah, send your friends and family, and then and get your tickets to the Reading Roots Revival Music oh, Festival. Oh, yeah, that, that's My coming. first day back will be September 23rd, 24th, and uh, early bird discounted tickets are on sale right How now. How great of a thing is that that has started mm-hmm. here in Reading? Yeah. Pretty cool. Third annual this year. Yeah. Uh, best lineup yet, and so very, very excited. That'll be my first show back in Reading when I come back. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, if you miss me on these dozen North State uh, shows, we'll, we'll just meet up then. Yeah, very good. <laughs> well, thanks again, man. Good to meet you. You're welcome. Great to All meet right. you, Steve. All right, take care. Hey, thanks for making it to the end of the podcast. If you've been listening, you know at this point I love to reward the listeners who stick around with some original music from my guest. And so today you get to hear Stardust Saltwater, the opening track from Jonathan's uh, 2021 album Lantern Shade. Enjoy! So I hit the last sign, no lottery win.
points With summer storms passing and we'll light a fire Tell stories of good times Echoes and pine needles dance in the skies Stardust, salt water Someone, son or daughter Sing 